Are you ready for Fan Driven Razorback Talk? For the fans, by the fans. This is Inside the Hog Pen with your hosts, Razorback Zach and Marcus MC Carlton. Here we are, the first edition of 2024 of Inside the Hog Pen. Your boy MC and D-Mad in the house with us tonight, helping us out a little bit. How's it going, boys and girls? It's going, ladies and gentlemen. It is going. I mean, it. I if if the next couple weeks or so go as fast as my Christmas vacation went, I mean, good lord, man. You it seemed like I blinked twice and. We went from December 20th to January 2nd when I had to go back to work. So it's, uh, did you have a good one? I had a good one. I, I didn't get very many days off, but I did get a couple. So, <laughs> well, hey, a couple's better than nothing, man. Hey, that's right. Uh, you know, it's been a couple weeks since we've been on here and, uh, we got a lot to talk about. So let's just jump right into it. Welcome into the show, everybody. As I said, first show of 2024. Now, look, I'm fighting a little bit of a funkiness with my voice tonight. <clears throat> uh, man, I promise I'm not. I'm not going through puberty again, but my voice is over here cracking like Peter Brady. So uh, we'll we'll do what we got to do to get through this tonight. But uh, welcome into the show. You can leave us a review, just like Zach talks about all the time. We'll take uh, any review you got, positive, Don't negative, leave four stars. Do not well, leave four stars. <laughs> we already did that for y'all. Yeah, either either three or five, right? Um, That's right. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll take anything you got on the reviews, man. Positive, negative. If you think we suck, tell us. You may not like what we say back to you, but you know, at least MC we know knows. you're watching. If, I, if you, I'll respond. I, I mean, I'll respond. It you know, it <laughs> it may just be a it may just be a hey, thanks for watching. But you know, I'll respond. Hey, and then you can't forget about over our year. Yeah, Last you can't year, forget I about our podcast. Troll. Yeah. Our podcast is now available on all the major platforms. It is basically a recap of what we do here live. If you miss a live show, you can get on your favorite podcast provider and search for Inside the Hog Pen, and we'll be there. Now, we are going to have, in 2024, we've planned this out. We've got a few things cooking right now for some uh, podcast exclusives. We did one right at the end of football season. Got pretty good uh, feedback off of it. And of now, some of the predictions we made didn't come true because nobody saw uh, Bobby Petrino coming back to football, and we didn't even touch on that because we thought that was uh, out there in, like, Powerball land territory or something. So, anyway, it podcast is out there. You can take a listen. Uh, again, leave a review there. Tell us what you like. Hey, tell us what you want to hear on the podcast. If there's something that for you sure. want to hear, uh, we're always looking for good topics for podcast stuff. Uh, we've got some stuff planned. Like I said, we got some super fan stuff planned. We're working on some special guests. So hey, we want uh, to do the stay most tuned. interactive show on the internet. I mean, we're trying to be, you know, that, that's definitely what we're trying to do. So as I mentioned, this is the first one of 2024. And since we were here last, uh, man, there's been a lot of stuff go down. We'll start with hoops because we're going to flip the script tonight. Normally we talk football. I'm tired of talking football. Uh, I want to talk some hoops and with this team man i don't know but uh it was it was kind of nice to uh to see 100 points put up in the last game uh that was that was much needed you know the defense still needs a little work but you put up 106 
uh, you're going to give up. You're going to give up a few points, especially when you play somebody like uh, UNC Wilmington that likes to get up and down the floor like they do. Uh, I, the biggest I thing I saw. Slightly controversial. What's that? Can I say something a little controversial? Absolutely. Pinion is a defensive liability. Well, and I think that's why you don't see him very much. I think we have a couple of liabilities. I, I kind of, I kind of feel similar about Battle, but mm. he provides he provides more on the offensive end uh, than Pinion does. But I, yeah. I, I mean, he's the thing. The thing with Battle to me is that he's just a little wild. I will say he. It looked like he calmed down a lot in the last yep. game. Yep. Um, I don't know how many points he had offhand, but. I know he did have uh, he had a solid night like always, but mm-hmm. he he didn't seem like he was out of control, especially after shooting a wild three pointer that goes in. <laughs> but uh, he he seemed more in control than he usually does. And how about how about Minifield? Yeah, I did that's, not that's, see this coming. I, I I'll be honest with you, man. I didn't either. I mean, I knew the guy could could play a role, but uh, that's a perfect subway, man. Because I have I had another. Uh, man, we had this planned, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we had this. Yeah, we're we're totally professional here. The Minifield effect. Uh, it, not only was he player of the week last week, voted on by the SEC. It was not a co. I don't believe. I don't believe I saw a co. I, I just saw so SEC player of the week. Uh, thirty-two points, and you know, I didn't feel like that he really forced anything. No, uh, he's he's letting the offense come to him. He's yeah. He he seems really good in that pick and roll that Must likes yes. to run, and uh, he's he, sometimes it looks like he's forcing a couple of passes. But I mean, at the same time, you take the good with the bad. You take a thirty point game with a three turnover night too. So yeah, and I mean that's you know, and and, and you got to remember he just the first game he played I believe was the game in Little Rock, uh, right before Christmas because right. yep. he had he had just got his waiver. So I mean, he's still. I mean, technically, as far as game time goes, he's knocking rust off. He, oh, is, sure. you know, he's still kind of finding his way a little bit. And I would say he found it the other night in the uh, and in the game. It seems like that's going to take a lot of pressure off of Tremont Mark. It seems like Mark has been really he he's been our focal point on offense. Yes, and that's not a good thing. He's not. I don't think he was really that big of an offensive player at Houston, but uh. Him being able to just like kind of focus on defense, let Minifield worry about the offense is kind of kind of what that revelation was that made that a uh, hundred point outburst come to fruition. Oh, man, so here, I'm hitting the SAT words today. I'm sorry. <laughs> so here's something I want to point out about Minifield in the game he had. Okay, he hmm. was eight out of fourteen from the field, uh, including three of seven from three point range. I'll take that every game. If he goes three out of seven, I'll take it every game. Uh, but here's the big one. 13 out of 17 at the free throw line. He shot 17 free throws in that game. I didn't realize he'd shot that many free throws. You know, I thought he was a little bit smaller when he transferred over, but he didn't yeah. look as small as he, as they say. I think he came in at like 6'1 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like he's closer to like 6'3 than he is. And uh, I was kind of worried about that with the whole Chris Likes effect. And yeah. uh now that he's not just a uh, tiny guard out there, he looks like he can size up any guard that comes up to him. Might give up an inch or two, but it's not anything crazy like a five foot eleven on a six three. <laughs> yeah, and that and that was the thing with likes is that you know you you know you want to talk about a defensive liability. Uh, I mean, if he couldn't jump out into a passing lane, you know, even the small you know, a small guard was going to take him down to the post and and post him up. 
Likes was our uh, free throw specialist at the end he, of the game. Yes, <laughs> he was our clutch free throw guy at the end of the game. I mean, he shot like an insane percent from the free throw line. And, you know, I'm looking over these stats from the uh, Wilmington game. Uh, it seemed like the offense, man, the offense might have found their way a little bit. I'm hoping that, mm-hmm. you know, the Minifield effect, as we've been talking about, I'm hoping that that's kind of the missing link on this offense to provide them some stability. And, you know, when we get in that mode to where we start, milking clock and running down the shot clock to about five, six seconds before we take a shot. Hopefully if we can keep running things through him, if he can't find the shot, maybe he can find the open man because he, to me, he doesn't play like a shooting guard. He plays like a mm-hmm. point guard who can score. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I gathered out of it too. He's kind of a uh, slasher and sometimes he can pull up and hit a, uh, hit a, hit a uh, free throw line yeah. jump shot. Um, I don't really see him as a uh, as like a back to the basket. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do a couple of moves, get past you, and then shoot it. He's more of a slasher. He's the ideal pick and roll point guard that we've been needing. And yeah. uh, if if him, Mark, and uh, Battle can all just kind of mesh, and I gotta bring up something here in a second. I'm gonna keep that in all the right. back of my head. All right. Him, Battle, and Marks can like keep on like on this little same page that they've been running. Yeah. And this team is going to be dangerous. And what I was going to bring up, where has Brazil been? That's, is he on know, vacation? <laughs> he may be down. He may be down on vacation somewhere tropical. Like where Sarah Swish is right now. Uh, I don't know, man. He hasn't been showing up real well. I'm looking at his stats. Um, he ended up, let's see, 12 points. 12 points, eight rebounds, but he fouled out. Uh, he's got to find that killer minutes. instinct. Yeah. He is too good. Like, he is, what is he, 6'10"? Yeah, 6'10". He, he, and he's, he's got a he's got a wingspan of like 7'3". Seven seven or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he is, I mean, not Wimby size, but he is uh, right size of Kevin Durant. If he could just hone in his shooting and, like, just be able to kind of take over that game and, like, get that dog out, like he's he's special. That's what he was doing at Missouri when he mm-hmm. was the player. That he showed why he was the player. But you got a lot of players around him. He's kind of taking a back seat, and yeah, it's not been good. But he's got to come the, out. I need to see more of the Trayvon Brazil that played the Duke game. Yes, you know, that night I think he ended up with like nineteen and fourteen or something like that. He has and like he was four aggressive. or five blocks too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. And and that's what I need to see more of now that we're getting into SEC play uh, because the competition is going to ramp up. And, uh, and, you know, it it starts right away. It starts this Saturday. They you trounced get USC. They did. And I'm not sure how good USC is, but so I was looking – I was listening to radio today and they were talking about Auburn has won like their last four or five games by average margin of victory of about 18 or 19 points. So, I mean, they're going out and, and just, you know – pimp slapping people uh and, yeah. and and taking care of business and you know pearl is gonna have those guys pumped to the moon to come back in here because i guarantee you he remembers what happened the last time auburn came into bud walton arena when they had that number one out beside their name so he's gonna have his guys ready to go he's a good coach he will have everybody ready um i need to see more from brazil i did see on twitter uh, before we got started with the show here, that Musselman said that uh, Monday, Battle did not practice Monday, 
practiced a little uh, on Monday or Tuesday and practiced a little bit today. So they're hoping that he will be back. You know, he got hurt late in the game versus uh, Wilmington. Uh, I guess it was an ankle, I think. But when he hobbled off the floor, man, they they got him back to the locker room pretty quick, and we didn't see him again. Yeah, I think he just kind of turned it a little bit. But, I mean, it's just one of those things. Time heals all wounds sometimes. Yeah, okay. So let's jump into the uh, the live fan feedback uh, right off the bat, I mean, it, it's like clockwork, man. When we go on the when we go on the air for the show, uh, Casey's gonna be here. Casey says, "Hey guys, what's up? Uh, happy New Year! Well, Happy New Year to you as well, Casey." Uh, Jesse Randall Thurman comes in, and says, "Good to see you, MC. Glad the show's back. Hey, we're glad to be back, man. We took a couple weeks off for Christmas vacation and uh, got our Clark Griswold on, and now we're ready to go back to work. So." Uh, he Jesse's got another comment here. It says Brazil did look a little more aggressive Saturday than previous games, but still has to be more assertive on both ends. Hundred percent agree. One hundred percent. I would almost rather him be to the point where I feel like he talks are, a little bit too much noise, and he gets yeah, like, he gets you know, too involved in that. Because Devo yeah. was doing that too at the start of the year, and they've kind of reeled Devo back in a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and I'll say this. You know, I kind of give Devo a hard time sometimes over the way he plays. He had a pretty good game. Um, I think he ended up with, let's see here, 14 points on uh, five of seven shooting from the field, including three of five from three-point range. Uh, 14 points and six assists for Devo. Only one turnover and three steals. Um, It's a pretty good game for Devo. I, I will take that. If he if if that's the kind of Devo we can get for SEC play, I think good things are coming. So Casey's got another comment that says, I love Muss and his passion, but he has to get his temper under control. I don't want to see him with the record for, with the record for ejections. Uh Casey, get out of my head because uh this was one of the things I had in my mental notes that I wanted to bring up that I, I'm with you hundred percent. And I understand that there's times that you're gonna jump on the refs. I mean, crap, I do it at my daughter's high school games. Uh, but when, when you start, when you start complaining on every single call, you know, to me, it kind of loses the luster of the times when you need to really get, you know, really get on the refs and, and, uh, and try to, uh, you know, make your point. So I am with you a hundred percent there. I want to, uh, I want to see him kind of control it a little more and save it for, you know, if there is a key point where there's just an absolutely blown call, and let's face it, SEC officials, there's going to be a blown call at some point that is going to uh, get you to, you know, get get Muss's gold a little bit, if you will. What so, what do you want to bet that this game is going to – the first half foul margin is going to be Auburn plus seven? <laughs> yeah. What do you um, want to bet? Whew. Let me see. How many free throws did we shoot? Oh, okay, so in the Wilmington game. 40. We shot 43 <laughs> – we were 33 of 43 on free throws, 76.7%. Uh, you shoot 75%. I've always said you shoot 75% from the free throw line or better, you're going to win. Uh, now, it's not like that uh, Wilmington didn't shoot their fair amount too. They shot 34 free throws. So, I mean, it was, it was this was just a foul fest, man. It was just uh, – you know, it, it's hard enough for teams to find a rhythm – with the mm-hmm. media breaks that you have, and then if there's a stop for a review or something like that, but then you throw in that many fouls on top of it, and it's just it's wild, man. But uh, I, and that's a really good point that nobody really kind of thinks about is the momentum. 
If you yeah. remember going back towards the Duke game when uh, it was in the NCAA tournament, every time we got a run going, Coach K, instant timeout. Yep. Calm them down. And guess what? That's the reason why they kind of just took over on us. But, like, I think Muss has been doing a little bit better this year on taking those timeouts. I don't know if you've noticed that. I feel like yeah. he has been taking a couple of, uh, no, we're going to get together real quick timeouts. Yeah. He, when he first got here, he would mm-hmm. save all of his timeouts. He'd take them on vacation with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd take them back to the locker room when the game was over, man. But <laughs> that that was a gripe of mine that I had previously with him because you there's times when you can feel that momentum shift. And if it's, you need nothing else than just to, you know, call timeout, pull your guys to the sideline and say, hey, let's calm down. Let's, let's go back to doing what was working for us and just kind of let everybody reset their brain a little bit. Uh, you know, he tried to play through that early on, but I, I kind of like it better now to where, you know, if another team, if the other team goes on four, six, eight point run, call that 30 second timeout, let everybody calm down, draw up a play and let's go out and, and, and kind of break their momentum a little bit. If nothing else, just taking them off the floor for that 30 seconds or so will, will affect them in some way or another. So, uh, but I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see what happens Saturday with this game, I, I have no idea what to expect. I expect Arkansas to be about, I'm going to say a, about a four-point dog at home because what is it? Playing at home is worth three. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I'll so see what we're would, looking at right now. That would put it at about, you know, seven total. Uh, uh, Bud Walton, if it's packed like it should be, it's worth more than three points in my opinion. Uh, but we'll see. ESPN2, 1 o'clock Saturday. Auburn comes in. And SEC play gets underway, man. Uh, and it and it when it gets cranked up, uh, I've got the schedule here. I'm gonna pull this up so you can see like our next three games. And uh, it starts going quick, man. It goes quick. You got Auburn up, depending on which poll you look at. They're either 25 or 24. You got them Saturday, the following Wednesday. Now you know Georgia. Don't don't overlook this game because going to Georgia. And and playing down there in in uh, I can't remember the name of the arena. It's an older arena. It, it's it, you know very seldom is it full, but it's just something about playing down there that you know it causes teams to struggle. Uh, that won't be easy. And then uh, if you've kept up with Razorback basketball any at all over the past 25, 30 years, you know when we go to Gainesville we struggle. I think we've won one game down there since nineteen ninety five, and that was like two that's years ago. Correct. Stegman Coliseum. <laughs> Stegman Coliseum. That's the that's the uh, arena, in Georgia. So, uh, got uh, after Auburn, man. It doesn't calm down any. And then you see down there, uh, January sixteenth, we come back home. But you're going to play a very tough Texas A&M team at home. That's always looking to embarrass us. Always. Uh, there's something about you know Buzz Williams. Uh, I, I take nothing away from him. He's a good coach, and he always finds a way to get his team to play their best when they're playing against Arkansas. So. But it all kicks off Saturday, 1 o'clock, ESPN2. So we'll see what happens Saturday. We're going to step aside, take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to get into some football news. We had a little bit of breaking news right before we went on the air. We'll touch on it. We'll touch on portal, coaching changes, and a little bit of everything. So you can uh, see that when we come back from break as soon as I can get it pulled up here. There we go. There we are right there. So you're watching Inside the Hog Pen, and we'll be back right after this.
Ooh, I lost it. Where'd it go? <laughs> there it is. I hit the Zach on y'all. There it is. There it is. Welcome back inside the hog pen. First edition of the 2024 uh, New Year, January 3rd here. D-Mad and your boy MC here holding it down tonight. Zach is, uh, as you know, he's on, uh, uh, shall we say, special assignment in the uh, happiest place on earth uh, with with his better half down there. She's, I believe she's going to be doing the marathon or uh and uh they're just down there taking a good vacation and uh sarah swish is out on assignment as well uh she's in a little more tropical location uh i'm a little jealous of both of them honestly i'd, I'd take you one of sending me on assignment tomorrow keeping everybody busy <laughs> yeah no doubt we're just we're spreading all over the place man we're we've gone international well so. let's 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 see what uh you have to say about what jesse says any decision on show schedule with the conference okay play? Uh, Jesse, thank you very much for bringing that up because that was one of my mental notes that I had I wanted to, to bring up. Um, so if you noticed, uh, when I pulled the schedule up, there's some Wednesday night games that are going to be taking place. SEC usually plays Wednesday, Saturday, unless it's part of Super Tuesday. So here's what we're going to do for the month of January. We're going to see how this works out. On the Wednesday nights that Arkansas plays at 6 o'clock, uh, inside the Hogpen Weekly Show will be a post-game edition of the six o'clock game. So I believe when Arkansas goes down to Georgia, I closed out my schedule or I'd open it back up. Uh, I believe when Arkansas goes down to Georgia, they're going to play the early game on SEC Network at six o'clock. So that means we'll be coming on about eight, eight fifteen. 15, uh, basically do a post-game recap show. And that'll be our weekly show for that. Uh, on the Wednesday nights when Arkansas has the late game and they play at eight o'clock on ESPN2 or SEC Network or whatever, we're going to do a pregame show. Uh, we'll probably, we'll go at either six 30 or seven o'clock kind of depends on everybody's <laughs> schedules and how things are going, uh, at that point. But, uh, Sarah Swish and I were kind of talking through this, uh, as the, you know, the, as Zach likes to call us the basketball gurus. And, uh, we decided that that would be, that would be easier to try to keep it more consistent and stay on that Wednesday night in the, you know, in a in that, I guess, kind of a similar time block, you know, we're either going to be. 6.30 with a pregame show, or we will be immediately following the final horn if the Hogs play the early game at 6 o'clock. So no worries. We will get this out there in plenty of time for everybody. And then during the game, we'll also be tweeting out, hey, don't forget about our post game coming up at, you know, approximately 8.15. You know, yeah. that if they play the early game, I'm going to say probably 8.15 is about when we'll start. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get everybody's uh we'll get we'll get the the fresh hot takes for the better or for the worse while they're right there on everybody's brain. So I hope that answers your question, Jesse. And uh we'll be promoting that coming up starting with uh, I guess the week of the Georgia game, which would be the week after uh this one. So uh let's see what else we got here. Uh there we go. There's Mama Linda into the house. Hey MC, happy new year. Well, happy new year to you too. Uh, glad to see you've made it in here with us tonight. Okay, so we're going to switch gears. We were talking about basketball prior to the break, but we do have a little bit of breaking news, and I'm going to go ahead and thank you, sir. I'm going to go ahead and pop this in here, and this is from uh, Matt Zenitz of, of 247 Sports says that Arkansas is expected to hire Missouri State co-offensive coordinator Ronnie Fouch as the new wide receivers coach. 
Uh, Fouch is a former Washington and Indiana State quarterback, previously worked under Bobby Petrino at both Louisville and Missouri State. All right. D-Mad, what's your immediate thought here? I pulled up his Wikipedia page. Um, He he was a quarterback at Washington for four or three years. Okay. Uh, Started eight of 12 games in the 2008 season. Uh, 1,300 yards, four touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. Not, not what I would call great. Yeah, as a player, that's that's not exactly what you're looking for. Um, but he might know like a lot about receiving coaches, right? Is knowing what the quarterback wants, and who knows what more of a quarterback wants than a former quarterback. Yeah, uh, they they have an idea when it comes to like how hard they want this route run. Like they know it's receive receivers are all about timing. Mm-hmm. Like if you can have better timing with your quarterback, that's why. When people are talking about they stay late with the quarterback is a real thing because they're trying to time up that three yard slant, that five yard slant, that 10 yard hitch, the back shoulder throws. They're trying to get all that timed up. And if you have somebody that that has been in both sides of the equation there, uh, you might be able to also kind of get that figured out a little bit better. And he also understands what what Petrino wants, because, yeah. Let's be honest. Kenny Guyton knew what knew what uh, Bryles wanted. He's been a Bryles guy the entire time, and uh, uh, Petrino, he's a different type of coordinator. Um, the receivers are going to be challenged this year. Everybody on that offense is going to be challenged this year. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's to put but, it uh, lightly. <laughs> um, I mean, we've got some talent on that that offensive wide receiver, uh, the wide receiver group. I mean, it is. We had all almost all the receivers come back this year, and that could be taken one of two ways. That could be taken kind of like a slap in the face that nobody really wanted them, but at the same time, it was more to the the point of they they believed in Pittman. They wanted they wanted to be here, and they understood what was going on. They understood that last year was not entirely their fault, and. uh I, I kind of have hope because, you know, he has worked with Petrino for a number of years. He's followed Petrino to three jobs now. He he knows what he's looking for, and he knows exactly how he wants those routes ran and can convey that to the receiver group. Probably well, in a nicer can, way than Petrino, but. But, I mean, if he's worked with a guy in the past, he knows what he knows what's expected of him. You know, he knows – what he should expect from Coach Petrino. And that familiarity can play a huge role. And speaking of familiarity with Coach Bobby Petrino, uh, also in this week, you had Texas A&M wide receiver Jordan Anthony. Uh, has was in the portal. He's committed to come to Arkansas to play football, but not only play football, but run track. I think FU Arkansas said he was visiting this week. Yeah. And so that was a major deal with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, and and being able to to run track and uh, I mean, let's face it. You know, if you're going to run track, what better place to do it than you know at Arkansas? I mean, they're they're well known for the for the for the uh, track uh, success. Was it 46, 46? Oh my god, titles it's, it's now? something ridiculous. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it's just beyond ridiculous. Uh, and uh, staying with the wide receiver theme, uh, Mama Linda comes and says, "I want to see Satania more active." Uh, I think we all do. I mean, I I think, you know, there was – Satania was one of the two guys 
that when Kenny Guyton decided that uh, he was going to leave, and we'll touch on that here in just a minute, you know, he was very vocal about that if it wasn't for uh, Coach Guyton, he wouldn't be a hog. My, I guess, counterpoint to that would be for Isaiah Satania to sit down with Coach Petrino and look at old footage of Joe Adams because I think you could put Satania in that same role that Joe Adams played, kind of like that slot receiver. Hmm. Uh, I'm not saying he's as good as Joe Adams, uh, but, you know, yeah, or Jerry is either one. Uh, But he's got the speed. You know, I think he's got pretty good hands. We haven't seen him as much as I thought we would this year. Uh, but let's face it, there was a lot of things that we didn't see. There was see a lot to be desired this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think Satania, if, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. If he's going to leave, I don't think he'll leave till, till the spring portal. I think he may come and go through spring ball, try to get an idea of what his role is going to be. Uh, but like you said, this entire offense is going to be challenged and everybody's going to have to earn their spot. I don't think there's going to be anything given. Do you think Petrino's going to tell them? Let me talk to you. <laughs> um, maybe. You know, it, it might be a little more colorful than just that. Uh, it may be more in line with like an uncensored Stone Cold rant. I don't know. <laughs> and at times, I mean, I, I feel like that that's what this team needed at times too. Because they was- need – so I – forgive me for this. Um, I've always believed there always needs to be an asshole of coach. At least one. It seemed like nobody really had that this year. Yeah. And uh, you know Pittman's not going to do it. He's kind of more of a relaxed, laid-back type. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we need to talk about the offensive line coach. He's starting to kind of he, – he's low-key put in a, a pretty good portal class. Yeah. And uh, I also – I think we talked about the uh, signing period right before we left for vacation. Mm-hmm. But – uh. I, I honestly have good feelings about him, too. And uh, let me tell you this, if he doesn't, Petrino's going to let him know. Yeah, that that's one thing. I mean, I think there will be more accountability across the board on offense this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like at times last year there was just uh, – the accountability was not there. There was no – I felt no like it was call this – or th- we're running this play. As no checks, there's no check with me. Right. We are running the play. And with a four-year starter, you don't do that. No, you you've got don't. to. You got to show. I mean, if you've had a guy that's a four-year starter, you got to show him that you trust him a little bit, and you give you know, you at least give him options. Be like, you know, okay, here's the play, but if dot dot dot, then you've got this, this, or this that you can go to. And it's a magical word that we like to use called trust. Yes, you have to trust your players that they understand what is going on. And you also have to trust the guy that is um, honestly most important person on the football field is the quarterback. Yep. You got to believe that he knows what the defense is doing. He's, he's studied the film. He's put in the work and you've got to be able to trust him to make the right call. Cause at the end of the day, the offense goes as the quarterback goes hundred percent. And speaking of that quarterback and his new home, K- I'm not mad. Jay is a knight. He went to uh, UCF to go play for Gus his, Malzahn. His name is Sir KJ now. Sir KJ. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm. First off, let me say, hey, best of luck to you, man. I'm glad you went outside the hey, SEC. We don't have to play him. So. Who, so he's been compared to Cam Newton his entire life. His entire career. Yeah. Who better 
to go play with than the guy that coached him. Yeah. I have no problems with it. No, I don't either. I mean, it, I, I hope he wins the Heisman over there. Honestly, it'd be cool if we played him in a bowl game. I think he'd get a nice little ovation. That I is am, if we uh, make it to a bowl game. Right. Yeah. You're you're taking a big assumption there that Arkansas is going to make one next year. Um, so I had seen several different potential targets for him. Uh, I thought TCU made sense because he could reunite with Bryles. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of the of the stuff to South Carolina. I never really bought that. Uh, because if there was maybe I don't one place why Rocket went to him. Well, I don't either, because if there was one place that struggled as much on the offensive line as we did, um, it was South Carolina. So I, I didn't really understand that move by by Sanders, but you know, he he had his reasons. Uh I think KJ in a Gus Malzon offense, uh, that could be fun to watch, man. That could be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I I'm right there with you. And uh I saw somebody actually KJ took a snap. A screenshot of uh, somebody's tweet that said, uh, I don't have bad feelings for uh, Poopal, uh, Catalan, or KJ. And he basically posted it and said, I mean, this is kind of how people feel. I kind of take Catalan out of that just because of the Texas thing. But, I mean, <laughs> I, it doesn't really bother me at all, especially I if mean, you go to out-of-conference a foe. Like, especially with KJ, like, I, I have yeah. nothing but respect for him. Go off, go do your thing. I just, I you can't be on my wall now, and I right it makes me sad. But it well, is and, it and is. unfortunately, man, this is this is where we're at in college football right now. Uh, the days of, I mean, KJ is KJ going to be the last four year guy that that we have at Arkansas? That's that's a you know a solid contributor, probably. I mean, if you think about it, because most of these other guys. Either they're coming to us from the portal or they're leaving after a year or two here to go play somewhere else. And it's just it's just the way it is now between the portal and NIL and everything else. You know, unfortunately, it comes down to you, you can't really get attached to any one player like you could in the past. You know, there there is no DMAC to get attached to now. There is no Matt oh, I Jones. I thought you were going to say DMAD. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought you were attached to me for D-ma- a second. DMAD, DMAC. I mean, you know. My fault. It's on They're kind of interchangeable there. So uh, I wonder if there's a correlation way. there. I don't know. But, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you think about some of the names from the past. McFadden, Peyton Hillis, Felix Jones, uh, Matt Jones, Marcus Monk, uh, Cedric Cobbs. You know, some of those guys that people just kind of gravitated to. Uh, and and I think every one of those guys I named off, except for Felix Jones, is a native Arkansan. Sometimes hey, that plays. What about into your bet? What about your favorite player, Madre Hill? Hey, Madre's another one, man. Mm. Madre is uh, golly, Madre was a dude, man. It, it was fun <laughs> to watch him play. Uh, I just but, see the smile on your face every time. Yeah, I, man. I say yeah, that name. thirty-four, man. There's just something about a running back wearing number thirty-four and just lighting folks up. I mean, it just feels right. So. That's a that was you know talk. You start talking about Madre Hill, I'm gonna start having good memories real quick. Uh, Richard but Wright it, just pulled one out. As much as Austin Allen didn't really tell us, or like Austin Allen kind of failed us at the end, I don't put the blame on him with that. Yeah. Which the Allens, like I, I think it kind of got to be like the Houston Nut Casey Dick era, like where he just got tired of. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I no, mean, I, just, I mean I. I get it with uh, with the, the Allens. I think you can throw them into that mix too, you know. And if you want to look at the trajectory Morgan's. of of Brandon Allen's career, hmm. you know, from He's, from 
having his truck set on fire to setting passing records. I mean, I, I think he's still backing up in the NFL right now. Yeah. He's, uh, I think, what is this? This would be about seven years in, eight years in now. Seven or, I mean, seven or eight years in, he's probably got a that's, good little that's nest a pension. Egg now. Yeah, that's, that's an NFL pension, pension right there. So, hey. I mean, you getting you getting to go to the games on Sunday. You don't have to worry about you know getting your head knocked off by you know uh, T.J. Watt or somebody like that, and uh, you still get that paycheck. You know, and he was uh, he was at Cincinnati backing up Joe Burrow, and then I think he's at San Francisco now. Yeah, I, I want to say, man, I don't think it's somewhere in California or that area. Yeah. I'm for sure, but, but I just he's, can't remember. He's held on to a head. job in the league, and I mean that's that's been impressive for him to hold on to it for this long. Uh, with the way you know all the turnover and everything is in in the league, hmm. and turnover. I mean, let's talk about another one. Jaheim Thomas to the portal. That's uh, both of our starting linebackers hitting the portal because uh, Chris yeah. Paul ended up down at Ole Miss. Uh, they they God, they've just gathered up all the gold in the uh, in the transfer Man. portal. They have, and it's not good. It's not, not, a good not for everybody for else. <laughs> it's not good. I got a couple uh, dear friends that are huge Ole Miss fans, and I mean they're talking they're talking playoffs next year, and and rightfully so. I, I can't blame them. Yeah, between what I, they got coming back and what they got coming in with the portal, I, I think they're setting up for a banner year. But uh, Jaheim Thomas was uh, leading. I believe he was the leading tackler on yeah. our defense. He had ninety nine tackles or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was right right there close to a hundred, and. Uh, you know, didn't didn't get it, but there was there was a little bit of controversy over that. Something about he got held out in the Missouri game when he could get a hundred tackles, and I don't know that Missouri game was such a debacle. I try not to remember any more of it than I have to, but uh, you know, you can't it's, take it away from them. They yeah. they can took care of business. So anyway, Jaheim Thomas, another former Razorback, hitting the portal. I think he's headed to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Hmm, that's going for his old coach. Oh, Luke, was it Luke Fick, Luke Fickle? Oh, Luke Fickle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Because he did come in from Cincinnati, didn't he? So he did. Yeah, played at so, Arkansas one year, came to Arkansas the next, back to Madison or yeah. back to Wisconsin, up to Wisconsin to play for Luke Fickle. And that's uh, speaking of Luke Fickle, that's where our man Kenny Guyton has Kenny G has songbirded off to. He's off to Wisconsin. He's going to be a wide receiver. Take the same position, wide receivers coach, uh, going to Wisconsin, coach for Luke Fickle. To me, this feels like a move for stability uh, because things are – Fickle's not in any danger of getting fired. Right. Uh, if I mean, if you face the facts here, you know, you could say that this entire staff, even though you bought, you brought in Bobby Petrino and Eric Mateos to kind of re-sculpt this offense, I mean – it's basically do or die, man. You you know you got to come in is. and you got to. I think you got to get the six wins next year, or you know we go back into the uh, the whole coaching search mode and and I mean honestly, I, I don't want to do that. I just want to win. I don't care who the coach is. I just want to win. I think Petrino, not Petrino, geez. Uh, I think <laughs> Freudian <I>, slip. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Pittman is a good man fit for the job. I really do, but he. It's kind of a weird thing. He has to have the coaches around him. Yeah. Because he's not going to elevate a team by himself. No. And that's what it is. It is a team sport. So you've got to build the pieces around you. And you've got to have somebody like Pittman to be in there and uh, be able to 
make the tough decisions, even though he likes to say, I don't know, in press conferences. Man, that uh, he's, he's got to stop that. He has got to stop that because that's what infuriates people like me is when, you know, if there's better ways to say it. And, I, and I've talked to some people who have connections inside the program, like with the PR guys and the social media guys and all that. They've had conversations with him and be like, look, you can't say, I don't know. You can say this, this, or this, but you can't say, I don't know. And he just basically ignores them and does his own thing. But I think it's just, he's, he's a 60 year old man and it's hard to teach a new dog or old dog, new <laughs> tricks sometimes. Yeah. And as much, as many That's times fair. as I told my grandpa it's not battery, it's battery. Yeah. He's still going to he say battery. Kept, he still said battery every time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's I think that's a big piece of it. But, you know, we got we all got so tired. And I mean, we see the jokes all the time on on Twitter about anytime something comes up. It's that, you know, that that uh, that same picture of him looking like, huh? And I don't know is the caption on it. So I, I've been guilty of it myself a few times. So I'm looking down because I don't want to laugh. <laughs> you know, the picture I'm talking about, man. I mean, it, it just I've been on Twitter. <laughs> I've seen too much. Yeah. yeah, ain't that the truth? But so we lose we lose Kenny G, and the breaking news earlier is we're going to replace him with uh, Ronnie Fouch. I believe was was the coach's name from Missouri State. I know nothing about Ronnie Fouch other than he was the co-offensive thing, coordinator at Missouri State. The good thing about a wide receivers coach is they can't kill you. This is true. <laughs> yep, they so, will not kill your offense. We'll see if uh, he can come in and build relationships with the ones that are on stat, you know, already on the roster, and the other guys that are coming in. Um, you know, there's still a name, there's still a big wide receiver out there in the portal. Another one from A and M, uh, Evan Stewart, I believe is his yeah. name. Uh, he was like in uh, Petrino's offense, wasn't he? Yes, he was. So you know, it, it maybe there's hope for him that you can uh, that you between Petrino and Jordan Anthony, maybe you can pull him in. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's uh, – I don't know, man. There's going to be a lot to go over uh, with spring ball. Uh, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. I mean, it starts with QB1. Uh, you know, a lot of people are thinking the the, the transfer from Boise State is going to come in and take it uh, from day one, and, and I, don't, I don't know that he will. He might, but I'm not writing off Jacoby Criswell just yet. I think we got uh, a good quarterback room going. Um, yeah, Miss Linda, I was in that little town of uh, Malvern just earlier today. So, yeah, I didn't see any signs that said anything about Madre Hill. They need to get on that ASAP, though. Yeah, they. Uh, hey, look, you, I guarantee you, you could go down to little cafe there in Malvern right now, and if you start talking about number thirty-four when he when he was playing not only for the Hogs but uh, for for Malvern High there. You'll get somebody to engage in conversation with you, no doubt about I'm it. I'm sure I could. But uh, kind of going back to the quarterback situation, I mm -hmm. I don't think it's just a Boise State guy. I think uh, I I I kind of have some eggs in the basket of Malachi Singleton and Criswell too. Yeah, because Singleton is a he's a speedster. Mm -hmm. uh, he's kind of got the same the same ability that uh, Hornsby's got, and uh, I think he's got. He's got that ability and able to uh, kind of wiggle around stuff. So, I mean, we have a lot of options in that backfield right now. And Well, and interesting that you brought up Malachi Singleton because nobody's talking about that kid. 
And I mean, when he, you know, when, when Arkansas signed him, he was one of the prized recruits of that class. Um, so, and he's been real patient back there. He's been very patient. He's waited his turn. Uh, you know, and if he is, if he's a speedster, uh, with a good arm, you know, and he's looking at the guy that coached Lamar Jackson to a Heisman. I mean, that would have to excite him a little bit. I would think. Have to. We'll see. Well, all right. I think that's going to about wrap us up tonight. We're going to cut things just a little bit short because, I mean, honestly, until Saturday when Arkansas takes on Auburn, there's not a whole lot else that we can that we can go over. I feel like we've covered pretty much all of it. I'm going to hit this one more time. Hey, baseball, 45 days. 45 days till baseball starts. Uh, I, I got high hopes again. Uh, I is it is it Omaha or bust every year now? It's, it's always been like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like it's just Omaha or bust, you know. Uh, and coming off last year, I think Dave Van Horn and that staff and everybody else will be hungry. I, um, I do remember the years of the we want to go to the super regionals. Yeah, and we've kind of gotten to the point where we expect super regionals because we uh we got put out at our own regional, didn't we? This yeah. year, yeah, and uh. Got embarrassed, honestly. I mean, okay, time out, time out, <laughs> time out. Just throw it back real quick. TCU okay. beat us by forty runs the entire year. Yeah, we played them in like four, three or four games. We played them in that uh, that opening class at Houston at Houston, and then we played them twice at the uh, regional. Yeah, they and beat they made in the regional. And they had scored. There was a run differential of thirty, at least yeah. thirty. I don't know. Yeah, that for it was a fact. it was bad. There was, was no team in the entire schedule that beat us as badly as they did. No, I'm still on the bandwagon of they had something. They had a tipped pitch. They had our pitch calm. They had something. They were. They, they yeah. are very close to Houston. In Houston, we may have a problem here. They didn't have anybody banging on trash cans out in the out in the bullpen. I, hey, listen, I wasn't there. I can neither confirm nor den- or deny, but I know this: it might be a question to be asked. I mean, I think you know when you start talking about intercepting radio frequencies and stuff. I mean, it, it's possible. I mean, it's not that difficult to get on Amazon and find a little scanner and. I'm not saying it happened, but there's no way. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's my fault. Hey, I love a good conspiracy theory, man. Uh, anybody that knows me knows I love a good tinfoil story. Uh, and, and, and that would make me feel a little better. (laughs) (laughs) That would make me feel a little better about the way Arkansas just got manhandled in the regional, but Uh, yeah, yeah. 45 days out. Um, we'll, we'll start talking baseball here in a few weeks. Uh, as we get closer to that season opener, and then they're in uh, they're in another one of those classics, but I think it's it's back in uh, Arlington this year, isn't it? The national champion, we beat them almost two games in a series, but TCU over there, yeah, yeah, yep, makes you wonder, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that'll that'll give us something to talk about. We may we may have to do a uh, a, a podcast exclusive uh, baseball preview. Maybe see if we can get us. As you can a... tell, I was very animated about that. I don't hey. know if you could tell or not. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm I'm with you completely, man. Because it just didn't. It, it took. You know, I remember when we got eliminated from the regional. I was texting my family that goes to a lot of baseball games, and I was just like, well. 
my entire summer just opened up because I was planning on watching <laughs> baseball till the end of June. So I almost took off that week of the College World Series. <laughs> oh, I had a bad. I had a buddy and his wife that bought tickets to last year's College World Series. They bought them like the day they went on sale, and he's like, you know, if we're there, we're there. But if we're not, we're going anyway. And so they went up and uh, you know enjoyed it. But he said it would have been a lot more fun had Arkansas been there. So I only got three weeks of pay- PTO this year. I don't think my fiance would be too happy if I spent <laughs> one of them on a college world series trip. I don't yeah. know that to be true, but I just... yeah, that would uh, man to go up there from beginning to end. That would be that would get expensive a before lot of baseball. it was over with. You'd have to. That's a lot of baseball. That is a lot of baseball, man. I think the only way you could pull that off would be to like get an RV or something and do it that way, because you know the hotel costs would be astronomical. MC, I'm sorry. I've. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Hey, I said I said in the preview we'd keep it between the ditches, man. We're we're swerving all over the road, but we got it between the ditches. So, uh, as as we uh, approach the exit here, man, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Just one. Okay. <laughs> I know what you did, TCU. I know what you did. <laughs> That's my well, final, final thought. We need, we I know need what to you get did. The, we need to get the Jason Peters used to be at Channel 7 and get him to uh investigate that and and see what's going on there. So I know what they did. Christian Christian College, yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah. I bet. <laughs> hey, it, I have found out that uh, anytime like the softball games that I played in, the ones that, the teams you had to watch cheating the most were always the church teams. So I'm just saying. Just saying. Just I'm throwing just that saying. out there. I know that because I played on one. So there you go. All right. We, we've continued to go all over the board tonight. Appreciate everybody jumping in and being a part of the show. We're going to be back next week uh, prior to the Georgia game. Georgia game, 6 o'clock. So we will be doing post game on that. So we'll be on probably 8, 8.15, somewhere around in there. Uh, hopefully we'll have a couple of big conference wins to talk about, but we'll see what happens. And it starts Saturday with Auburn. So until Saturday – at the Auburn game. Everybody have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next week.